Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. It's officially, like, spring. Did you notice? Do you know that? It was the I did vernal equinox. It felt day. like it today. It didn't feel like it that much earlier in the week. But. <laughs> That's true. But we live in Ohio, and our weather is schizophrenic. <laughs> yeah, especially around this time of year, it gets real weird. <laughs> it does get super crazy. We've had snow on Easter. We've had like 70-some degrees on Easter. We've had pouring down rain. It's just... Lately, there hasn't been quite a lot of sun here. It's been kind of cold. Or if it has been warm, it's rainy which is kind of a bummer yeah it's nice and gray and depressing yeah yeah i just want to stay inside and hibernate some more and read books so that's basically what i've been doing i just decided i don't need a job just gonna curl up on my couch and read books in sweatpants that's all i've ever wanted to do i wonder if i could get paid for that that'd be great Uh, if that job exists i'm sure everybody would have that job there are plenty of people that don't want to sit on their couch and read books in sweatpants I guess that's true. You don't want to do it. I don't want to read books, but I'll sit on the couch and do something else with sweatpants. <laughs> See, it's not it's not quite the same. Well, we have quite a few things uh, in this week's episode that I, I don't want it to be too long. So let's get started right into news. And I have a full set of three games to talk about this week in news and the first one is by a friend of the show pdb 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 and pdb uh his newest game on kickstarter is called purim so uh purim if you're not familiar uh kind of the events of the book of esther in the bible really uh have given way to the celebration of purim amongst the jewish people and what's interesting is this game i think takes place after that because Haman, who is the villain in esther is dead but his sons are are still living and want to i don't know what are they trying to take down the they're just trying to uh like basically silence the jewish people so hmm. to whenever the jewish people are spreading their like you know religion around they're trying to squash it that's kind of what they're doing okay and Jason's actually played this, so tell us about it, babe. That's true. So this is a cooperative game, and it is based on what Katie said. There's ten sons of Haman, uh, which are represented by these little black discs, and they're also black cubes. And you're the players are taking on the role of the Jewish people, and we're trying to spread. I, I don't. I don't forget what it said. I just read through it, but uh, you're trying to basically spread your tradition and your religion around. Oh, I thought to, the good. You mean, the, what are the Jewish people trying to spread? Yeah, I, I just they're trying that to spread up. the king's proclamation, okay, which is uh, yeah, actually yeah. what they're trying to like secure peace for the Jewish people. Gotcha. And Haman's sons are trying to orchestrate like trying false kill- messages yeah. and get yeah, them right. destroyed. Yeah, so that's the theme. But effectively, what you're doing is um, on your turn, you're gonna you're gonna have a hand of I think six cards and or seven cards. Either way, a, a number of cards, and everyone's gonna play a card simultaneously face down. We're all gonna reveal. And on the card, there's a good thing that happens, which is going to help the the Jewish people and the, the golden cubes. And there's going to be an evil action that happens, which is usually going to do something for Haman or speed up the clock to progress the game forward closer to losing. And at the on, on some of the cards, there's an end of round effect. 
And so if it's not the last card, the end of the round effect doesn't matter. But every card will go from, I think, high number to low number. There's a little number in the corner. You resolve the good thing and then the bad thing. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to have either an equal number or more of golden cubes in provinces with black cubes by the time the calendar clock hits zero. Now, if only one province has more black cubes than golden cubes, or if it has one black cube and no golden cubes, the Jewish players lose. So you have to be watching where all these cubes are. You're trying to make sure you're spreading your influence around accordingly and ultimately getting the the sons of Haman off the board because once they're off the board, they can't come back on and it makes it harder for them to spread their black cubes around. It's a really cool game. It's um, interesting simultaneous action card play. Every card does something good and something bad is really interesting too. I like it. Um, Biblical themed games are cool. And this one is right up there. And Philip DeBerry is a great designer, so it should be no surprise that it's a good game. So that's a little bit of what Purim is. And if you want to see more about that, Jason's got a video of this, and it's on the Kickstarter page. What? That's true. That's because PDB loves us. I mean, why wouldn't he? I didn't even have to grovel at his feet to get the video on the page like I do with most of these people. I mean, you're a, you're the third one down, but... I'll take it. That's fine. You're, you're at least on there. That's true. I'll take it. So if you like biblically themed games or if you just like cooperative games with simultaneous action selection and like, you know, interesting card play, uh, I would definitely check this one out. Um, I think some people are like get upset about like the theme, um, but it's a bunch of cubes. Yeah. And what Rado always said is he just looks at it. If you don't want to look at it like as Christianity or something like that or, you know, a religion you can look at it like a mythology if you want to if that makes you feel better um that's how he looks at it because he's not a big christian guy anyway so he looks at all of it like that like norse mythology and all that kind of thing yeah. so just look at it like that and just play the game Have it's actually an interesting story in general i think and i think that's kind of fun so right. check that out perm has six days left on its kickstarter campaign at the time of this podcast dropping and it's only 35 dollars, so super reasonable it's a good price yeah All right, the next one um, is by a studio. This is actually the first one they've created. Uh, I've never heard of. It's called Pectus Studio. Looks like it maybe has a raccoon mascot. I'm not sure. But the game is called Wanderlust. Um, It's got a subtitle too. Wanderlust, Discover the World. Um, So it's dubbed as a two to five player racing game with set collection, hand management and route building. But what, of course, (laughs) that is a lot of stuff. But what drew me to it was the fact that the illustrations are really pretty. And from looking at this game, it looks like if trekking the world and um, uh, Ticket to Ride had a baby, I think it would be this game. So what I do like, and I like that more games are doing this, is there is um, like a family-friendly like set of rules where you really just kind of focus on uh, the racing aspect of getting to these different locations. Um, but then they also offer a more strategic involved variant for gamers. And I, I love that because I think it's cool. They were talking about playing with their eight-year-old with the family version and that it was good. And so I like that it has kind of that dual purpose. So in Wanderlust, you are a globetrotter. You're racing your fellow travelers to visit these destinations around the world. The cool thing, there are six different characters and they each have their own special skills that you start out with, which I love. 
those player powers and you're getting transport tickets and there's six different types of transports so a car train ship charter flight airplane and then there's a wild so you're collecting those tickets so that you can travel routes to get to destinations longer routes take more tickets but also that gives you more um uh victory points so that has kind of the ticket to ride element to it but also when you get to these places you want to collect souvenirs to get points in the end as well and so you can spend action points for souvenirs um you can get like a just a souvenir. Well, not, I don't want to say souvenirs. You want to get memories. So some of them are souvenirs. Some of them are like postcards that you can send back, or you can take photos of natural wonders. Um, if you go through an airport, you can meet someone in the airport like you do, and they give you like a one-time bonus. So I just think that's, there's like a lot of cool, like little things. Also there's, I think 68 destinations um, and there's destination cards. All of the artwork on them is unique. It is really cool for each different place. Like the artwork is really cool in this. And your player board is a passport with your character's name, their occupation, their special skills, kind of shows you what to do. Um, Okay, the Kickstarter version has these really cute custom shaped meeples that are so stinking adorable. I love them so much. Just one little sailor outfit one. Oh my gosh. They're so cute. They're so cute. Um, there's just a lot. There's a lot of really cool stuff in this game. There's encounter cards. They have all unique art on those too. Um, I love games about travel because that's one of my favorite things to do. So you, uh, you have two actions to take on your turn and you can use those to gain tickets or travel to different places um, or gain your collectibles. Collectibles, that's what I was looking for. So souvenirs, um, postcards, or natural wonder photos. And you you have, you can also get like, I didn't get all of this. There's um, like there's race objectives. There's also secret missions and personal goals that you can get as well. Uh, I love a game like that because to me that lends to multiple paths to victory. Like maybe you're going for all, like I want to get natural wonder photos in addition to this racing aspect, like, and that's how I want to gain points. I, I love stuff like that. I really, really do. Um, and I love the look of this game. So if you like travel games, if you like kind of family-friendly games, if you want maybe a little oomph to a ticket to ride type game, check out Wanderlust. Discover the world. There are four days left in this Kickstarter, so it's coming down quickly. No, it's five days. I can't read. There are five days left in this Kickstarter. You got another day. Uh, and then it is $58 because there's a lot inside this sucker. Yeah, I like trekking the world a lot. So if the game is at least, you know, a little bit deeper than that or, you know, uh, different in any way, I, I dig it. Yeah, I like those kind of games, too, where you're racing through the first person to do something. I know you don't like that, but I do like that. Yeah, I don't like that either. I don't like that aspect. Like, I don't like it when it's all race. So I probably wouldn't want to play just the racing variant. But there seems to be some other stuff going on that I find incredibly interesting. The last one I want to talk about is apparently a second edition of a game that I had never heard of before. So this is from Joe Magic Games, which we've talked... That's weird. Yeah, I know that guy. I know, right? Um, And to be honest, I haven't really liked a lot of the games that we've gotten from Joe Magic Games. 
They just haven't been quite my speed. Well, they're most a lot of them are super low budget. Uh, I think that's what the struggle. Like, they might be decent games, but they're just so low budget. <laughs> well, and and I think that they really want to just do really imaginative themes and right, make things yeah. that are are I think easily accessible to people. So they try to keep the price point low, um, which I get, and that that definitely is a way to go. And who are we to say what a game should look like? Because yeah, I, but it does say something if we don't think the games look that good. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. But I think also a lot of the ones we played have been magic themed, which are okay. Um, but this one is not magic themed and it seems like it's right up my alley and I'm kind of pumped about it. And apparently this is a second edition and I didn't even know a first one existed. And this game is called The Demise of Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, which I think is awesome. So you are part of a group of imbalanced but brilliant scientists. <laughs> that are going to do some criminal kind of gross undertaking to, you know, build yourself a monster. Uh, of course, you've got townsfolk with torches and pitchforks that you got to watch out for. Um, I, it just <laughs> looks so cool. So this is, you roll eight dice and they go on the board and those dice then dictate the actions that can be taken, which I love, right? Like I love when you're using dice for action selection. So then each player takes turns choosing a die and removing it to like to do the action. And so you can like command Igor to do some stuff. You can dig for body parts in a graveyard, um, sell some goods to gain some gold. You can do your lab research, bribe local officers to look the other way. Um, you can visit the strange hermit curator. I don't know what he does for you. Um, but you're doing these actions and those actions will make the villagers angry. Um, they move up a rage track and the round ends when they burn down your lab, <laughs> which I think is awesome. This sounds amazing. I know, right? <laughs> so villagers get mad and you're trying to see how many monsters and creatures and lab work and strange equipment you can build before the villagers burn down your lab. I, dude, that sounds cool. What's even better What's even better? Because I I love Abomination, or Frankenstein, but it does not have what appears to be meeple body parts that actually interconnect as you build your monster. You had me. Yeah. You had me at body parts. Yeah. I mean, what the what? I love it. <laughs> I just, I, I just love it. I'm like, this seems awesome. You've got the dice building. You've got this grave digging monster building. Um, is the artwork good? Well, I'm looking on BGG and it's pretty, <laughs> the old one's pretty atrocious right now. It looks like a Martin Wallace game. <laughs> it does look like a Martin Wallace game. It does, which we love. So, hey. Yeah. No, it has me. I'm into it by looking at this picture. It looks awesome. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like on point for us. I'm pretty excited. I think you also get like metal coins in like the basic ver like pledge. I mean, this is, I'm pretty, I'm pumped about this. If you love creepy themes, if you love like meeples, mad scientists, you got to check this out. Uh, the Noise of Dr. Frankenstein has six days left on Kickstarter and it's $25. 
Yeah, that's nuts. I I haven't looked at the new version yet, but just looking at the old version, like it looks like it has tracks. It's got some dice. It's got mm-hmm. like cool stuff, cool theme. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the new one is anything like that one. Even if it looks a bit better, um, I'm into it. I am into this. At twenty five dollars is fantastic. Okay, I take that back. If you want to get uh, the metal point, the metal coins. Um, it's five dollars more. It's twenty nine dollars. Still, that's a pretty cool. Ooh, that it's even got the tearaway meeples on the cover of it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Again, that cover is not a looker. <laughs> it's no, no, it's not. But the game looks really cool. And it really does. That's the other thing is I don't we I don't know if we've talked about this on a podcast or maybe we have because we talk about ugly artwork all the time. Um, I love beautiful art. You y'all know that. That's why I'm drawn to a lot of Asian themed games because the artwork is generally gorgeous. Um, but my favorite games to play are usually in hideous boxes, and I don't care because I love the game so much. So I'm really excited to see this. I I think we should back this, babe. I'm pondering it like legit. This looks <laughs> awesome. Like it it look and like I know Levitation. You don't love it. It's an it's an okay game. We played another one, right? Um, with where you were putting on circuses and or magic shows in different cities. Yeah, that's that's levitation. Oh, oh yeah, it's fine. Yeah, um, and I have one back here called Dungeon Allies that I haven't played yet, but it also has a similar board. It looks like this. You're using dice and putting them down. Um, even though this doesn't look like super great to the eye, I think this will be a good game. Like I this know, legit looks super fun. Yeah, the theme, the premise of it, like I love using dice to take actions. And it reminds me in, in that way of Grand Austria where you roll the dice and they go at the numbers. And if, if there are dice there, you get to do the action that round. And if they aren't there, you don't. I, I love that. I'm, yeah, it, I'm it, that, that does look just like Grand Austria on that mm-hmm. one through six thing. Yeah. Like Ispahan does that same thing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks, looks really good. All right. Well, so those are my exciting news. Everything from traveling the world to uh, Jewish festivals to uh, uh, having townsfolk come and get mad and burn down your lab. And that's my news. All right. So we're going to talk about a few games, a few games that are um, of a deck building variety that may come back up later. Um. So, yeah, I try to do a tie-in. I'm not good at that. Wow, so smooth, babe. Like (laughs) butter. (laughs) We'll just let that die right there. And we'll just talk about the games that we played. So we played um, last night, well, of the night we're recording this, uh, we played a game called Mutants, which is from Sin Fung Lim. And I don't remember the other designer. Um, And this is a little card game about being like a scientist making mutants. That's effectively the theme, something like that. You're mixing gene pools to get these weird beasties. And the, the way the game works is on your turn, you're going to be either, you're taking one of three actions. You're going to either play a card down to your active mutant space from your hand, and you're going to do the deploy ability, because all these cards are going to have multiple different ways that they can be used and different powers. Uh, if you have already have a mutant there, you're going to have to slide it to the right or to the left, because you have to have room for your active mutant when you play it. Um... Or you're going to be breeding, which is discounting cards in your hand that have symbols in the top left that are going to match the card that are in these little like personal decks you have on top of your player board to put that into your active mutant space 
to do abilities. They're better cards than what you start out with. Like a normal deck building style of game, you're going to start with these little junky cards, and you're going to be recruiting better cards as the game progresses. And the third action is... I don't remember what it is, but it's incubation. I don't remember what the actual term is, but you can discard a card from your hand, take a good card, put it in your incubator slot, and then it'll be able to be used next round. It goes on top of your deck. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to use all these abilities, slide them around, use their deploy and their remove abilities to get more cards, play new more cards, get cards into your cryo freeze because that's where you're going to score points. But ultimately, you're trying to earn power, which is this little track that's uh, like in the center of the table and you're going to score points each round for being in the lead or not in last on that power track and there's a lot of points there and the game is going to be all those points you've acquired through the five or six rounds and then all the cards in your cryo and then whoever has the most points after all that is the winner pretty simple little game but i enjoyed it it was fun uh there's a lot of stuff you can do in your turn um even though you're only doing three actions there's some decent decisions to be made and i liked it so how'd you feel about mutants um I, I liked it. And I, I'm trying to not be affected by the fact that I beat you all so handily. Um, that made you it did, feel you did. really yeah. good. Because, it was pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Well, but during the game, I was getting whooped on really bad because that glory track or power track or whatever. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, power or whatever. Yeah. I felt like I was doing good. I would like play somebody that would move me up there and then I would get knocked down a whole bunch and then try to crawl the hole and get knocked down some more. And I wasn't getting points from that hardly at all. But I was banking on my end, end game go- uh, points, which is my favorite way to play in general. But I think that it's not the I don't know that's the only way to play because I felt like I didn't use my cards as effectively maybe during the game, but there is so much chance with how the ones that you draft kind of come out of the piles to be that you could breed and put them into your, your deck. Um, And also I, there were some cards that we didn't use and that we didn't get to explore. And I think that would be really, I think there's, a lot of replayability there and i think a, a lot of new surprises and things that i would find really interesting um because i do love deck building games and this one does it just a little bit different and um it makes you want to play it more i I'll, if it wasn't so late i would have been like dude let's set it up and play it again with different cards um just to kind of get a better feel of different ways i could run a deck um how to like I didn't really use the the transform. I didn't have any cards for that. Like, what would that be like? Or um, different kinds of attacking. Or there are just lots of different things I think that could have worked out differently. Um, but it was it was it was really fun. It was enjoyable. I don't I, the theme. I think is dumb. Yeah, it's like knockoff X Men kind of. <laughs> kind of. And I don't yeah. love the artwork either. Except I had this one card called Kaiju Kitty, and Kaiju was Kitty cute. was adorable. Um, I had the the monkey with a boombox. That was cool. That's true. I almost had like a Sailor Moon knockoff, but I didn't choose her in the end. So I, I, th- that's fine. I just feel like they could have made them more like general names and it would have been better. But um, the appeal to me was the different mechanics in it. And it I find it a game that I would like to play more just to see how cards can synergize because that's what I really love about a good deck builder. So yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, the interesting thing about this, everybody has their own market that they can buy cards from. But there are other games that have done that. But in this one, everybody has different cards in that market, which is pretty cool. So we all have the same starting hands, effectively. But we're all going to have our own 
what, 12 cards that are going to be different from everybody else's, which gives you a lot of variability and makes your deck way different than everybody else, which is pretty neat. So yeah, this is an enjoyable game. If you haven't heard of it or you know somebody that has it and you haven't played it, give it a try. It's pretty fun. And honestly, like it's not one that I would pick up based on the title or the look uh, yeah. of it at the- all. Yeah, that box is not a looker for sure. Which I think is kind of why, you know, we play with our friends because they choose games. I'm like, what would ever possess you to pick this thing up? And I I do enjoy them. And that, you know, Chris forces me to play games that are themes I absolutely hate. And I can like the game and still hate the theme. Right. I mean, we do kind of get stuck in our rut. I say we, but me, I do, I do get stuck in a rut of, I like this kind of game and that's the game that I want to play. So it is nice. Like when we play with them, he brings over games that I wouldn't, not that I don't like, but I wouldn't ever go about it to pick it up myself because it's not in my specific lane that I like, even though it's probably a game that I'll enjoy. So it it is kind of nice. Yeah. So sometimes I, like, I think that's, that's kind of the hard thing about us, you and I playing together for the most part. Um, like there are other types of games that I would definitely stretch out and try first um, that you just are like, nah, I'm not playing that kind of game. Um, but they end up, they can be really good, which is how Wonderland's War came about. I'm trying to be better because I do remember the Wonderland's War thing. So I I'm, think try, I'm trying to do better. Tomorrow we're going out to celebrate anniversary and we'll definitely stop by a game store. I think we should try and find something out of your wheelhouse. We should. We, you should make me find something that I wouldn't normally buy. I'm going to gravitate to the ones that I like, the old and busted look and crusty looking <laughs> ones. So you're just going to have to like, you know, redirect me because that's just how it works. It's the story of my life, babe. <laughs> All right. So another game that, you know, kind of has some mutants in it too sometimes that we played. <laughs> we played it a couple weeks ago and it's called Marvel Legendary. And we played the World War Hulk expansion and some other ones. But we played mostly World War Hulk. I don't know what else is in there because no our friend way. Chris brought it over and he has every single thing imaginable from Legendary. So it was just whatever was in there. And I know we were playing World War Hulk because he wanted to play it. So, um, so what Legendary is, it's a cooperative game, kind of. Uh, everybody's working together to defeat the baddies that are coming into the town. And you're doing that by deck building. You're going to start with a crappy deck. You're going to play cards in your hand to defeat monsters with attack ability. And then use some other... of of your buying power to recruit more heroes to put into your deck. Um, there's a mastermind that you can fight. He'll attack you with some master strikes, which is going to be bad. There's lots of ways to lose one way to win. And some of the levels can be super hard. Some of them can be easier than others, but ultimately if the team ends up winning, whoever has killed the most bad guys and has the most points, cause each little villain card has some points on it is ultimately the winner of the winners. So it's a semi co-op, but, if we don't all win, then that single person can't win anyway. Uh, really cool deck builder, um, fun game, cool theme, tons of cards that you can play with to mix up to, for tons of variability. This is just the reason why we've also played villains. Um, so much of it. If you like Marvel and you like deck builders, you like cooperative games, this is one you should definitely check out because it is good. So how do you feel about the World War Hulk stuff? I don't actually know which stuff that is, but... I think it's the transforming things, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, there's transforming, and then, like, Hulk does some, like, you can smash, which is, like, get, getting rid of cards, oh, discarding yeah, cards right. to, like, yep. upgrade your power and stuff, Um, which is kind of cool. We played with, uh, like, a variant that has different types of wounds in it, Um, just lots of different things. I didn't really know anything about World, 
World War Hulk. I didn't realize that was a thing. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a comic book series or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know a ton. Um, most of my Marvel uh, knowledge is predominantly limited to the the nineteen nineties uh, animated TV series of the X Men, which is amazing. Uh, so I, I do love them, but it was. I mean, it's good. There are some interesting things. Uh, there were a, since we played with several different expansions and things. There were a lot of different kinds of cards to remember what they did and how they worked but again like the way that they can work is really cool the addition of sidekicks that we use was cool um you know getting cards that work together and kind of refining your deck that way was good um you know managing what master strikes and scheme twists and stuff do i, I just think this game is good overall as a deck builder no matter what iteration you play of it um I sort of like that it's semi-cooperative that, you know, you're working to kill the baddies, but I'm still also counting my points. I wish there were more ways to get points. Like if you could get points from the cards that you buy. Yeah, that would be nice. Like you can in other games. Um, But it's it's just a fun, I think, an all out fun game. I'm a big fan of Marvel Legendary. Yeah, honestly, my only issue with this is setting it up and tearing it down. Well, that's always the issue, I think. <laughs> yeah, but outside of that, yeah, I do like this game a lot. So those are a couple of the games we played. We will keep moving on. And as Jason so smoothly <laughs> mentioned earlier. The smoothest. <laughs> deck builders are definitely something that we really enjoy here. It is one of my favorite mechanics. Um, and I think... Be- I think it's my favorite mechanic because I'm I'm very good at deck builders. I mean, that's toot my own horn, but toot toot, I'm good at them. Uh, I really enjoy them. They're fun. They're super fun to me. I love, and like I was mentioning earlier, for me, a good deck builder has synergy between the cards that you are trying to draft, um, hoping to get them to come out in the right combo, cycling through, Um just I love that I love that so much so we wanted to talk about our favorite deck building games because we have played a lot of them and are branching out into different kinds just to see what's out there so when I say deck builders these are games where everyone starts out with a a set of cards generally it's whatever your first hand is going to be so if you start with a hand of five cards you have a deck of 10 cards or if you start with a hand of six cards you have a deck of 12 cards um generally speaking these cards are not real great. Uh, a lot of times they have cards that do attack or, you know, some kind of job and then cards that allow you to buy. Uh, so at first you start out with some not so great cards. but The idea is that you're going to build a deck of good cards. Um, and so you're going to use those cards to buy or to overcome obstacles that allow you then to be able to buy better cards that are going to go into a discard pile. Then when you're done drawing cards out of your regular deck, you will shuffle. Your discard pile becomes your deck now and you start drawing from that again. So cards are getting constantly mixed and moved around. You're pulling in new better cards. You're trying to somehow filter out the crappy ones um, to either accomplish goals, gain points, um, purchase better cards, those kind of things. So that's the basic rundown of a deck builder, I think. Did I do a good enough job? Yeah, it sounds good. Yep. Okay. 
So now that we've talked about deck builders, let's let Jason start us off with his number five. All right. So my number five and my number four are weird themes, but I think the deck building is super fun and that's why they made my list. So my number five is Lucky's Misadventures. And this is a game that's basically Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, Steampunk, and I think Random Fairy Tales all mashed up together in this funky theme where this dog gets lost in this weird world and he's trying to get out of it. And the way you're doing that is um, interesting deck building. You're going to be playing three cards on your turn and... In those three cards, you're going to be doing a couple phases of like auctions almost where you're going to be using like, uh, I forget what they're called, but tinkering ability to earn some kind of card. And then there's like a witch hat. I don't remember what that one's called, but that'll let you win some kind of card too. And then you're going to be able to buy some cards from uh, some grids that are out there to get into your deck to try to make your deck better. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to make, get these like, like, pieces of junk to mix them together to do you make some machines you're trying to get different combinations in your card to be able to escape from whatever the town's called oddville or something and if you can do that you automatically win but if you go through a certain number of rounds it's just whoever has the most amount of points on cards in their hands at the end of the game is a winner that's usually how it ends but it is possible to win other ways which is cool this is really fun it's different than some of the other deck builders funky theme and i just like it so number five lucky's misadventures yeah, it's like a mix between um, Alice in Wonderland and The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and there is steampunk in there, too, for some reason. Oh, but. yeah, yeah, it's strange. Um, yeah, I, I like that one. It's a little odd. I like it, but it's not, it's not my top five. But my number five, uh, originally I was going to talk about Marvel Legendary, but we already discussed it, and it's good, and so I'm glad we talked about it. But another game that I think is so good, and this is a two-player only deck builder, and it was an early, I think an early part of our collection, really. Yeah, we had this pretty early on. Yep. And that is Hero Realms. Um, obviously, I'm not going to play Stupid Star Realms, because that's space, and space is dumb. But Hero Realms is really good. So in Hero Realms, you get to choose a hero. And that hero in their deck has some special cards that are just for that hero. So if I'm playing the wizard, for instance, I might have a staff or a certain kind of spell or whatever that's specific to me as a wizard. Great. Love it. The thing about this game is the regular version is a direct kind of attacking, um, defeating the other person via your deck. I like that for some reason. In this game, I wouldn't say I love like attacking games, but gosh, you want to sit down and play me in Hero Realms? I'm ready to destroy you. I'm like, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong, man. I love it. But we, the cool thing about Hero Realms is, well, I think the cool thing is that you've got these, you can be a member of a party. So it's very fantasy themed. It has this D&D basis that calls to me. Um, it's part of my blood. But you've got that special, just a few cards specialized in your deck that make it really cool, make it unique. And then you're trying to get other cards that work with those because you're like, okay, I already got this. I want to kind of lean this way, which is really cool. Um, and then they've really expanded it to include more more characters, which we have all of them. And then there's also like a campaign kind of, I believe, with it where you play cooperatively against other monsters, which I think is really cool. 
which we have not played. Yeah, w- I, w- I do need to try that because that is more appealing to me than just going out and attacking each other. Yes. Um, Jason may not like attacking games because I am so aggressive in Hero Realms. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like... Be. We played one game. I had like two turns and I was dead. I, it just <laughs> The cards just sing to me, man. And I'm like, bam, 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 bam. I love it. I love it so much. Um, so that's why it's my number five, Hero Realms. It's like attacking with duck building. And I think that that, and like a, a D&D party setting. And I just love that. You know, it, it is a good game. It's just a little too in your face for me. And I, I don't know. I woke up one morning and I decided I didn't like games like that. And now mm-hmm. I just, I can't go back. And yet every time we play like a, a game with other people <laughs> where there's like one card that could be me and Jason's the first one to slap that out. Every time he's like, okay. oh, that's a mean card. I'm going to buy that. So, so there's a difference between one card being mean and the whole game being mean. And especially when I have that mean card, I'm really into that. Yeah, of course you are. You know what? Learn to play better at Hero Realms, and it wouldn't be such a problem for you. Yeah, you're probably right. Thank you. All right, so going on from Katie's number five, which is a game that I don't particularly care for, my number four is a game that Katie doesn't particularly care for, and that is a game called Fantastica. And this is a a, a funky deck builder, too. It plays more along the lines of a normal deck builder, with one exception. You're moving this little standee character you have around this board because you're a little kid dreaming that you are taking some or you're imagining or whatever you have these like things like a toothbrush a chicken leg and you're, you're in this fairy tale land defeating monsters using that toothbrush as a sword the chicken leg as a club trying to defeat these things and so you're playing cards to move around this this like map and if you go to when you have to go across the monster you have to fight it by playing other cards which means the symbols on that card needs to match the symbols on the card that you're getting. When you take it, it goes into your discard pile and it's going to grow your deck. So the way you get cards in this is by defeating them on the map. There's not like a market. It's just all combat. And then you're trying to use these cards in your hand to fulfill quests to get more points. And it's a race to fulfill the most quests before the other player. Once you do that, you win the game. There's a little more to it than that, but that's a quick overview. It's weird. It's kind of clunky. Um... It can go on too long, but for some reason, I just really like it. It's it's silly, and I think the theme is fun. So my number four, Fantastica. I think the theme is fun, and the art is cool, uh, but the gameplay is lacking for me. I want to yeah. like it. it. It could use some streamlining for sure. Yeah. Uh, my number four, I, I might be violating the rules here. Maybe. Uh, so there is deck building as a part of this game, but it is not the entirety of the game. And really, you could play it without investing too much into the deck building part of it. Okay. The, You're not going to win if you do that, though. The game is, de- <laughs> yeah, the game is Deep Blue. Uh, Deep Blue is a game about diving for jet, for like treasure. They look like gems, so I guess that's true. Yeah, right. Uh, this is a Dates of Wonder game. Hey, look at me. I don't know the design or anything, but I do know it's, it's Dates of Wonder. That's, that's something. True. Yeah, I don't know who the designer is either. Hey. Look at me go. It has really great components, too. So you've got these ships that you're moving around to different dive sites. Um, You can also, uh, you're also collecting cards. Cards have people on it that are going to work on your ship. And they do different kinds of things. They can help you with movement. Uh, They can help you fight off different kinds of hazards when you're diving, like sharks or oxygen levels. Like, (laughs) they're helpful. Um... Or they can also help you, like, gain 
better rewards for treasure. So for me, <laughs> the last several times I've played this, I do not go on a dive myself. Um, if you are close, happen to be within one space of someone who is instigating a dive, you can jump in on the dive too. It's great. You don't get as much reward as the person doing the dive. Unless you have a lot of great cards in your deck. They're going to help you like multiply bank points um, well, money, because it goes into this really cool little treasure chest, which is awesome, right? To bank that money from the dive with the different gems that come out. So it's like super push your luck as well. But for me, like I run it like a freaking deck builder. I'm like, okay, let me get these uh, different employees to work on my ship that like multiply on top of multiply the different colors of gems here. So like, oh, you drew out a red. Why? For every two reds, I'm going to get, you know, five coins. Oh, you drew out another red. Okay, well, for every, if I get five reds overall, I'm going to get 10 coins. And I just am like piling them up on top of each other. So my turns are either getting employees or like refreshing my employees and kind of trying to stay close to the diving people so that I can just kind of like poach onto your dive and make bank without being the one that's, you know. Taking the actual dive action. Yeah, it's a little annoying. Yeah, it's a little annoying. <laughs> um, it's really fun for me. I don't I don't understand why everyone's so mad about it because it's so fun for me. Like, I really enjoy it. I'm like, oh, great job. Great job in the dive. I made uh, 50 bucks on that. And they're like, I made five. <laughs> to that, I answer, play better. And by playing better, it is how I use the cards in Deep Blue. I, I mean, I don't know if this is like... A good example of deck building. It's also how I play Coinbra. I run it like a, well, I, that's really, that's not, I guess it's not really deck building. That's more like a engine building game that I make it into when it's, I think, not supposed to be that. Um, but I am like making sure I've got a deck of really great cards that are going to help me make the most off of every dive that happens. So I end up with the most treasure. So my number four is Deep Blue. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I think it applies. And I'm only saying that because I might be breaking the rules later. Because so, uh, <laughs> you're so good at breaking the rules on all of our lists. Yep. It's not me doing it first this time. All right. I accept it. So my number three is actually, um, it's not the newest one, but it's one of the newer ones that we've bought because we don't own one of mine. And it is called The Hunger. And this is from Renegade and Richard Garfield. Magic the Gathering fame, King of Tokyo, all that that stuff. And this is a game where you are using your deck of cards to move your little vampire around because you're taking on the role of a vampire, trying to eat humans to score points, make it around this town, and make it back to the castle before sun comes up. If you can't do that, you burn up, and you don't score any points. Um, so you're using cards to move around the map. You're using um, some hunt abilities to be able to snatch some characters from this card or from the... Um, hunt board you're visiting different locations on the map they're going to give you special abilities and you're trying to do all that within 12 or 13 rounds to make it back to the castle to score points and maybe win um it has a similar vibe to clank meaning like if you get stuck underground in clank and you can't get back up you don't score any points so like similar kind of deal but you play three cards in on, on your hand on your turn in this game as opposed to that one and this one has a set number of rounds. You know when it's coming. And you can kind of plan around it. It's really good. Uh, there's an expansion that I can't wait to try. I haven't played it yet, but I'm sure it's going to be good. So my number three, 
the hunger. Yeah, I love the theme of this game. Um, I, I still think that it's it can be kind of clunky sometimes. Um, yeah, I can see that. It's a little clunky too. Yeah, but but it is fun. It's fun. Uh, my number three is a theme that I love so very much. Uh, and I'm devoted to the IP, devoted to the character I play in this game, that we had to get new cards for it. It's true. True story. Because we are savages and do not sh- sleeve our cards on it's a regular. sleeve now. The game is sleeve now. It is sleeve now because I wore out the Hermione cards <laughs> in Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. I love this game. I mean, you combine a deck builder and Harry Potter... I'm so in. And then, and then you give me my choice of my favorite character, right? So I get to be Hermione. And then you give me awesome cards that relate directly to her that are from the IP material. I mean, she's got her Time Turner. She's got her Tales of the Beetle Bard. Yes, they're working for me. We're having synergy between like characters that are on the same side, characters in the same family. I, is it is hard as heck, man. It is hard because Jason's like, "What? You just play this in chapters? Throw away all those boxes. No, Throw it uh, all together." In my defense, the last couple of times we played this, I actually set it up correctly, and we still got stumped. So, yeah, it's real hard. Like those Death Eaters are jerks, man. And when some of them come out and like go what, and they're like, Ugh, they bounce off each other. It sucks. It sucks. But. Like, you're so excited. There's a wonder of the world of Harry Potter. It's super thematic in the cards that you're playing and the fact that, like, you know, you're defeating the Death Eaters. You have to take out the Horcruxes before you can kill Voldemort. Um, Death Eaters are trying to take over different locations in the world. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Um, You're giving... And then there's all these expansions that allow you to add like, oh, I took my noose in like this area and that's going to give me this extra power and you can help out each other because it is cooperative and I'm like helping you get coins or I'm helping you get like lightning bolts so you can attack. It's great. It, I love it. The only thing is it's all movie based like art and stuff, which I don't love. Yeah, that's true. Because I'm a purist and the book is always better than the movie. Um but it's still a wicked good game. And especially if you're a Harry Potter fan, like my sister, my sister's not a gamer. My sister's a lot of things. She's not a gamer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she is a lot of things. She does listen to this podcast, so I don't care. <laughs> um, but she has played this with me a couple times and she's like, we got stomped so bad. And normally I'm like, oh crap, she's never going to play this game again. She's like, dude, we got to try it again because I want to beat them. Like, okay, okay, so if you be this person, I'm going to be this person. Like, she is into it. She really brings this game up a lot. Uh, she enjoyed it even though it was difficult. And for someone that's not a gamer to return to a game that brutally beat you, uh, that's a sort of a good game in my opinion. So my number three is Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Yeah, we have everything for this. Um, yeah, we like it a little bit. And there is a, another game just like it, Toy Story themed. So if you don't like <gasps> this theme, you can get Toy Story. I, I think it's a little simpler too, but same deal. I think I want that too. Why don't we yeah, have I, that? I know we just don't have it because we have this one and I, yeah, I don't know. Because you only buy games that you like and not games that I like. I, this is a, a you game. Yeah, I had to advocate for it, man. I'm going to advocate for Toy Story now. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how similar they are, but it's the same kind of system. Hmm. All right, so my number, what are we on? Uh, number two. Two. So, so my number two is 
pretty similar to my number three, and I actually mentioned it in my number three, and that is Clank. Um, any flavor, whatever. I just like Clank. My favorite is the um, Legacy, but we've played through that twice, so you know, kind of played out for a little while. We'll come back to it at some point and get another one, but for now, we're, we're good. Uh, this is a deck-building game about moving around a map trying to collect artifacts and get back up to the top from underground or underwater or in the pyramid, wherever you are, before you die. Because once somebody makes it out, you have a limited number of turns to get out. And as you're doing that, you're going to be making clank, which means you're going to be noisy. And that puts cubes of your color in this bag. Whenever a dragon attack happens, you're going to pull cubes out of the bag. If your cube comes out, that's how you die. The more, when you get too many of your cubes, you die. Um, yeah, similar to the hunger, but it's probably, it's a lot smoother. There's a lot more stuff for it. Probably a better game. So that's why it's my number two clank any flavor yeah i would have put this on my list uh the catacombs new one is not one of my favorites um no that one yeah that okay so any flavor except that one i don't like that one i also hate space because space oh i like space that one's good no it's not the other ones are better but yeah this would have been my list if it wasn't on your list uh my number two should come as no surprise this game i have loved for a long time despite its somewhat questionable artwork and that is Tanto Core. Yes, the Slutty Maids game. You're right. That is what it is. However, they've included butlers now, and I am here for it. Slutty butlers and slutty maids. Yes, right. <laughs> we will equally objectify both genders. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Thank you. I wouldn't be so like angry about the objectionable content of like, let's say miniatures or game artwork. If they are equally objectifying dudes, is it that hard to put some abs on somebody and put them on a game box? I don't think so. All I'm asking. Takes a picture of Jason Momoa, put him in a game box. Then I'll be quiet about it. <laughs> so Tanto Cory is sort of... <laughs> I know. I got my soapbox out a lot tonight. Uh, Tanto Cory has both butlers and maids. And what's interesting is it has all these different sets. You can play them all standalone. Um or you can combine them. But the cool thing is each set kind of has like a different, like one different little kind of mechanic with them. Um, you know, Oktoberfest adds like these beer stands that you can have and there can be like rain showers and stuff that happen to them. Um, winter romance, you can send people on dates and that also can help you get points and stuff, which is really cool. Uh, just points everywhere. I like the system where you have to have service in order to play extra cards. So it's really like you are you can get a great hand of cards, but if there isn't enough service to get those cards out, like you're stuck. So I feel like the drafting of cards in the market is super important in this game. Um, there's also this mechanic where you are um, chambering cards. So maids go from like their general public to working in private chambers and they get, they become points that way as well. Some of them only become points that way, which I think is super interesting too. Like there's just so many different things happening um, with these cards in general. I think no matter what combination you choose, they're going to work well together. Um, I, I think they do recommend some like setups but this, the reason I think this one is, this is superior to some other ones, like even let's say Heart of Crown, which I also enjoy, um, is that 
you find ways to get synergy in cards, regardless really of the choices that you make as far as what mage you're playing with. Uh, it's it's just such a good game. Japanime games. Um, I'm a big fan. Number two, Tonto Quarry. Yeah, the, I think as a system, I like Heart of Crown better, but you can really get hosed in Heart of Crown when those cards don't work together. Right. And I don't think we've played a game with Tonto, even just randomly grabbing stuff, where that's been a, as big a problem. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not as good, but you can still make the best of it, yeah. And I also wonder if this game would be more popular if it had a different theme. Hmm. I mean, Barbarossa is... Yeah, I guess, but then that's like World War Two or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right, so my number one, the reason I didn't rag on Katie too much for Deep Blue, is mine's uh, kind of a other stuff too besides deck building and that is endless winter is my number one this is a worker placement area control game kind of set collection game but at the heart of it is deck building you are using cards in your hand for i forget what the things are called um reputation or something work 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 using cards in your hand for work power which is going to allow you to place your worker out on the board to take actions at these different locations um or some of the locations will let you acquire more cards some of the locations will let you get animals cards that you can collect for sets or you can kill them to get food additional kinds of abilities all that kind of thing uh you're trying to also play this little area control game on this map where you're building um different buildings and tents to try to get extra bonuses at the end of the round but without getting new cards into your deck you're not going to achieve that much. So at the front of this game, I think, is pretty solid deck building and deck thinning to score points. So I love the game. I like the art. I like everything this game does. Had to be my number one. Endless winner. Yeah, uh, this is a good game. It, to me, the deck building part, I don't know. I mean, it is there. It just doesn't feel like a deck builder to me. But... I mean, it's it's as much as a deck builder of like the deep blue thing. Like, yeah, sure, it's just, sure. It's a part of the game, but I I feel like if you're not building your deck, you're probably not going to get very far in this one because you need work, you need all these other yeah. cards to do extra things to get you more actions because you're only taking you know three rounds of actions and that's not a lot. So you're trying to do as much as you can. All right, I'll allow it. Thanks, I appreciate <laughs> it. I don't think my number one should come as a surprise to anyone who's listened to the show for any amount of time. Uh, I got to tell you, it surprised me. It surprised me big time. It's pretty high in my top 100 because it's just such a good deck builder. Even though the theme is garbage. Hey, you watch your mouth. <laughs> I know. You and Bob. <laughs> Juggalos for life. Uh, but my number one is Into the Echo Side. Uh, this is the ICP. If you're not familiar with Insane Clown Posse, this is their theme deck builder and it's such a good game oh my gosh i hate that i love it so much it really is who would have thought that those stupid clowns would have a good game i know right <laughs> like it's so good the synergy between the cards is fantastic it also has this great mechanic where you've got people in um what do, what do they call them not posses crew crew yeah different crews and if you get the you can get the synergy with those things that allow you to to get either maybe draw a new card my favorite obviously um draw cards or roll a fortune die or you know whatever which is excellent so you're looking for that plus cards that work with each other um 
The only thing that's dumb is the stomp mechanic. Yeah, just don't play with that. That's stupid. Even when we have played with it, it was stupid. Like that that yeah. really is my only criticism aside from the dumb yeah. artwork. Because it's insane clown posse themed. And I'm like, why? Why are these? I just don't. Um, but this is one where you, you have the market to buy things from, and then you're also like using that to come up with I don't know what the name of the currency is. Uh uh, shoot. I know, I um, should know. Not glory. GP. GP. Ga- gathering points? I don't know. Uh, something like that. To buy, like, these... They're not, like, boss cards. They have a name, too. Uh, epic. Epic cards. I'm real good at this, right? I've played this game before. These epic cards, which have, like, really... They're really powerful cards. They also are the big point cards um but they do take a lot of work to invest and get those cards um one time we played this and i was like heavy man i was like buying those buying those buying those because i was doing that um i wasn't buying any other cards so my points really were who close 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 than i like because the game was over real quick and i was investing in those cards because once those are all gone then your game the game's over. Um, gosh, it's just the and and because like you don't have. I mean, I guess we were like, well, it's not variable because you don't have extra things to it. So the setup is really pretty easy. Um, so you can get out there, play it quick, um, pack it up real easy. Uh, it's just. <laughs> It's so good. Like the cards work together so well. Like you can have a turn where you're like drawing cards, playing cards, rolling dice, getting more cards, laying them out, buying stuff. Like it's just bam, bam, bam. Like it. I mean, you'll have like a five minute turn and it feels so good. Okay. No, we don't have five minute turns. You have five minute turns. Well, that's how it should work. When those cards align just right, you get that deck singing. Oh my gosh. Like that really happens in this game. It so does. And I'm like, it is a game by dudes that like shake Fago on people. Well, I guess they probably didn't make it themselves, but that's the theme that somebody chose. And this game is so good. Like, I think yeah. it, it would be super popular if it was themed, you know, Marvel or whatever. You know, if someone else bought this game and just reskinned it, you could make a killing with the popular IP. But no, the clowns have it. The clowns have it, and this game is so good. Like, it's so good. It's It was hard to find for a while, and then they had it back on their website. I don't know if it's still there. Yeah, I have no idea. We we ended up, our, our friend Chris actually snagged us one for like 20 bucks before it was on their website again. Yeah, we made out like bandits on that. Um, there's apparently, there is this, uh, there's a expansion to it. That is supposedly even, supposedly it's even harder to find. Um, yeah, Psychopathic Records is a publisher. I, I mean, this game is so good. There's not much I wouldn't do to get my hands on that <sighs> that expansion, man. I want that expansion. I want bad. I know we probably need to infiltrate the gathering and see if somebody will pick it up for us. Yeah, if it's, they if they even have it there, I don't know if they have it there anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I I just think it it would be real good. It would be real good. It's because it, the game is just so good. I and like when I see people that post about it, are like I don't care about it. It's like, this game was good. I'm like, I know. Doesn't it blow your mind? 
Yeah, it's yeah. good. So my number one, I guess I'm down with the clown. It's into the echo side. Yeah, so the currency is karma. Karma, yeah, yeah, yeah. The points are gathering points. Yep, yep. I feel you. The Quest for Shangri-La is a totally different game by them, right? Yeah, that's like a talisman ripoff where you're moving around this map, like landing on spaces and doing the things. (laughs) It's kind of what it is. But I still want it. (laughs) I don't think it's going to be as good as... It's not, and it's not, and it's like three times as expensive as the, as this one is, because it's even less available. All right. Well, that's our top five, but don't worry. We love Deck Builder so much. We got some honorable mentions. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to talk about all these ad nauseum, but we can at least mention their names because we've talked about Deck Builders. You know what Deck Builders are, so we can maybe say what these are in the theme, kind of, because that's the only differences really, I guess. If that sounds good. Sure. All right. I can get started. Basically, what Jason is saying is like, Katie, don't talk about these for 20 hours. <laughs> well, I mean, we're already at an hour and, you know, there's like a hundred of these here. So <laughs> we got to shorten it up. <laughs> uh, so Arctic Scavengers is another good one. It's about post-apocalypse deck building, post-apocalyptic theme. Cool. Quest for El Dorado, Reiner Knizia, deck builder with a racing aspect. You're trying to be the first player to make it across the board. Pretty neat. Ascension. Is the ICP game kind of, but with not as good card synergy and not as cool theme. Uh, Dominion is Tonto Quare without any theme at all and no fun, but it functions similarly the same way. Um, You can kind of tell some of these that I didn't put on this list. Uh, (laughs) I was just saying, these are are deck builders that exist. Like uh, Dominion, we had early on and at first it was right, good right. Yeah. i mean it's good to get into deck builders with dominion and ascension i had never played i'm like okay this is good are they the best ones no that was my top five right yeah that's true um one that i did put on the list valley of the kings is uh it's an egyptian theme i hate one that where one. you're drafting cards from a pyramid and then you're using you're thinning your deck by putting cards in a tomb to score points but similar mechanics as the other ones summer camp phil walker harding uh, deck builder with you're trying to race up these three tracks in a summer camp. Try to be the best camper that you can be. Score a pile of points. The theme is so great on that one. If you want to start out as a deck builder, screw Dominion and Ascension. Go for summer camp. Oh yeah, I totally agree. It's probably the one of the be- I wouldn't say the best, but one of the best entry level deck builders that you'll find. Heart of Crown, we talked about that. Uh, similar to Tonto, but it has a second phase where you're trying to dra- recruit this princess to come in and score 20 points with her. So the first phase, you're just building up your deck with all these cards. Second phase, you're using these cards that you've built to back your princess to be the first player to get to 20 points. Guar, semi-cooperative, uh, no, actual cooperative uh, deck building game about the band Guar. And you're trying to work together to defeat the baddies, um, recruit members of Guar before time runs out. And you're trying to have the most points after all that happens. So I guess it is semi-cooperative. It's really called Guar versus Time, I think. Yeah, Guar versus Time, but no one cares about the time. It's Guar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you want me to keep going or you can jump in, whatever. I can keep going. I okay. can do this all day. Um, Some of these I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> the next two I don't remember. All right, I'll do these, then you can jump in. Okay. Uh, Aeon's End is a cooperative deck building game where the, the twist in this one is you don't shuffle your deck as you discard your deck. That's how the cards are going to come out in the future. So you're kind of building your 
deck around how you're playing it and you're trying to defeat these monsters before they destroy a city. At least that's the version we played. I don't know if they're all like that, but that's how it worked. Oh, okay. Big Book of Madness, we played a long time ago. And I know it's a deck builder where you're trying to get these different colored like spells and you're casting these spells to like fight these, um, I don't know, monsters or other spells that are being sent at you cooperatively. Again, it's been a long time. We haven't played this forever, but the deck building is by recruiting these different colored spells and like upgrading them and all that kind of thing. So solid game. One I'd like to try again because again, yeah. I can't remember it at all. I think they yeah. made a second edition too because there were some weird clunkiness in the first one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was a little clunky. Yeah, a little clunky. Um, also, Trains is a great deck builder. I like this one. It's a little bit different where you're you're using your deck building to light train track which i think is really cool and then you're also going to end up with junk left over from your building and that goes into your deck so that's a really cool mechanic a different kind of theme dc deck builder um very much kind of in some ways the answer to marvel legendary um only dc deck builder is a little bit different and it has what um into the echo side has where you are essentially buying these big boss cards um I think, right? Yeah, you're fighting them. You're but fighting them. It's biting them. It's buying them. Uh, which I'm a big fan of. It's good. Uh, commissioned. Commissioned's a deck builder? Yeah, it's a cooperative one where you're, um, there are these like Bible cards that you're trying to acquire to get into your deck. Yeah. I, but it's mostly like pandemic in reverse with some deck building in it. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, wait, I thought that was when it was like pandemic. Oh my gosh. It's as deck builder y as like deep blue, similar like where it's a mechanism, but it's not. All right, we probably could have left that one off. Uh, Don't Turn Your Back, though, is a great one. Super weird theme because it's based on, like, I think a video game? An comic RPG. Book? RPG. Don't, clo- don't Close, don't your, close eyes your Eyes. Yeah, Don't Close Your Eyes. Um, super creepy, but really interesting because you're basically, uh, you're, like, using your cards from your deck as, like, workers, which I think is really cool. Um, and then everyone has their own market, but they're all the same cards as everyone else, but they're just going to come out at different times in your market, which I think is super cool. Uh, hardback and paperback uh, where you're deck building with letters, which you'd think I would love more, but for some reason I don't. That's why they didn't make my list, but they're not bad. Uh, Red Dragon Inn Battle for Greyport. So Red Dragon Inn, uh, one of those games that you buy when you first get into your game, into games and then you immediately regret it. At least that's how I felt about it. Um. Because it's like I don't I don't need a fake drinking game in a game. But some people like it. But the Battle for Greyport is actually this deck builder where you're fighting monsters that come into Greyport where you're trying to drink at the Red Dragon Inn and you got to fight them yeah. off. Yeah. The guys are trying to drink and here come these monsters. Come on. The nerve. The audacity. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? Um, and I've only... I played this once... And I think we need to play it again because I thought it was good. This is another one of those ones that Jason's like poo-poo's on because he's like, I don't like Red Dragon. And I don't know. No, I poo-poo on this one because I couldn't figure it out. That's what that's where I was with this one. I was struggling. It's okay. like London Dread. I'm having trouble. Well, I figured it out and it's fun. So we need to play it. Um, okay, sounds good. Great. Super Motherload, uh, not a theme that I really like, but the game is really fun. You're actually digging, yeah. right? You're digging. You, it's it's a dig dug <laughs> dig dug deck builder. You're using your cards in your deck to dig, in uh, different types of terrain and stuff, and to get get things, which I think is cool. It's a, it's a different 
concept. And then um, Cubitos, when we were talking about racing um, and, and deck building, Cubitos is another one's one of those where I don't know. I guess it's not really deck building because it's dice building. Like it's you're dice firing dice building. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have put that one on the list. No, I, I mean, I think it still applies. It's just instead of cards, it's dice. Same kind of Yeah, thing. but instead of cards, it's dice. We could do that for a lot of different things. Well, I guess that's true. Scratch I, that. That's a rule violation. That's my fault. You had it originally in your top five, and then you changed it. And I was like, oh, yeah, Jason had that in his list. We should put it on here. And now I'm like, no, that's <laughs> not even right. <laughs> Have we not learned anything that I can't follow rules? How did I let that happen? <laughs> Let's just strike this from the entire episode. It never happened. We'll strike it from the record. It is stricken. Okay. I'm getting sleepy. It's not, so it's not really going to be stricken. So I feel like I'm making less and less sense as this episode goes on. Oh, man. Okay. That's our honorable mentions. There are a billion. Um, I think deck building in some ways is a, is a very popular uh, mechanic, but it, it is one that I... I'm super, super fond of. I love that when cards work together, um, to you to start with something crappy and to make it good, like that's a beautiful thing, right? Like I just, it's just good. I love me some deck builders. So if there are other ones that you think I should try, because I mentioned like a billion here, and now you know that I love the insane clown posse one the best. Maybe you have something to replace it for me. So please tell us um, what your favorites are. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us your favorite deck builders on any of our socials. Uh, even comment on this podcast if you're listening to us on YouTube. You can give us a comment there as well. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a lot to say. Follow us on all the things. Do all the stuff. Watch all the videos. Listen to the podcast. Done. Yeah, I don't have anything else. I feel like I'm slurring my words. Like, I feel so tired. I'm like, what time is it? Oh, my gosh, we'll be recording forever. And I'm like, it's 10 o'clock, you old lady. Get yourself together. I know. I don't. I remember, like, back in the day, I used to stay up. Well, I still do a lot. Stay up till 2 or 3. Um, yeah, but we used to, like, okay, so when Jason and I, when Jason and I were young, uh, he was in a band like he is now. But we would, like, he would play in the band till... Uh, like two in the morning we would pack up leave wherever you know it was almost four o'clock we'd hit the waffle house um and then we're like at the church no we wouldn't sleep we sometimes we wouldn't sleep at all just like straight hardcore go all the way through um then take a nap after lunch (laughs) sunday lunch i can't make it to 10 o'clock anymore yeah now when i'm out playing a concert it's like one o'clock like let's tear down and get out of here we have 30 minutes let's go like i gotta I, be in bed at two o'clock let's go i'm turning into a <laughs> pumpkin get me the frick out of here yeah 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 it's a different time it's a different time oh my how the tables have turned <laughs> all right well it's time for me to go to bed i've been katie and i'm jason keep gaming everybody keep gaming just before 10 p.m <laughs>